Hello everyone, this is Lynn Stacy with the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I am so glad that you could join me for today's episode. Get ready for a treat. Hello everyone and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope and pray that today is a blessing to you and for you. And whatever it is that you need from the Lord, I believe that you'll receive it here, right here on the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. Here is today's affirmation. Here on the Victoriously Anointed Podcast, we want you to be affirmed by the Word of God and by speaking life. Here is this month's affirmation. I receive that I want to be made new and that God has done something new in me. I make the choice to stand in my newness by faith. I hope and pray that you will speak that over yourself on today and believe God for his word. Now back to the show. To be truly molded by God, I can tell you one of the first things that you have to wrap your mind around is, uh, one of the first things you have to wrap your mind around is, is that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Sometimes I just think God does things and try allows different things to happen into a current life. Just to prove a point of humanity and mankind to show forth then the fact that he is God. It does not matter. Uh, it does not matter sometimes the different things. And it'll show forth in God's character. The thing that's consistent with God is his character for being full of love, mercy, grace. But some things I feel like he would just um, allow simply because he wants to show and make it known that I am God. I am God. And so that our perspective and viewpoint of just different things can change, um, can change. Because sometimes we get so we, we get so caught up in what we think and how we feel and what we think God would allow and wouldn't allow. And we get so caught up in that and that when we see different things occur that goes against what our ideology, our individual ideology is of something, um, it kind of it messes us up. And sometimes God has to allow that because he's trying to broaden our horizons and open up our minds to really be able to understand and see that I am a God of love. I am the God of peace. I am the God of mercy. I'm the God of favor. And you're not going to pin me into a box of your ideology and thinking. So I feel like one of the first things we have to wrap our mind around in, in Christianity is the fact that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. What kind of God would decide that I'm going to use dust, this light and airy thing in order to create man. And man is not light and airy like dust is light and airy. What kind of God would decide that I'm going to take the rib of a man and, and decide to make woman out of it um, rather than taking, you know, using something else to make woman out of from man. But he saw fit and necessary to use a rib. What kind of God would cause David to get the smooth stones and um, take Goliath down with it. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Um, God has a way of doing things sometimes that we sometimes don't understand. He parted the Red Sea. He could have took them on dry ground. He could have done anything that he wanted to do. 
But he decided to, I want to show you guys that I can part the ocean. I feel like sometimes God wants to have fun too and show and be in humanity, be amazed at the things that he can do. And so uh, he parted the Red Sea, not only for Moses, but he also parted the Red Sea for Joshua. He parted the, he did the same. He did, he parted the, he parted the sea twice, the Jordan River and the Red Sea. I believe it was the Jordan. And so he parted that. So that the uh, children of Israel can be able to walk through on dry ground. And the thing that he did for uh, Moses, Moses held up his staff. And so Joshua was trying to do things the same way that Moses did it because he knew that he, he needed to part the, the, the Red Sea. This is why it's so important for you to follow after God. So Moses, you know, he held up his arms and that's how the Red Sea parted and God and he was commanding what God has to, had ordained to be so and the Red Sea parted. Well, when Joshua tried to do that, it didn't work. It didn't work, but he was over the people and the people were looking at him like, you know, they were worried that Moses wasn't there anymore and they saw God work all these miracles through Moses and different things like that or they heard of God because this is the generation that heard of the, the, um, that some of them may have seen it too because they were younger kids and some of them heard of, you know, what he did through Moses. And now Joshua was in command and that sea wasn't pardoned for um, Joshua like it did Moses. And you know what Joshua had to do? He had to sit there at the banks and, um, and seek God concerning how to do the same miracle that Moses did, but he had to do it in a new way. And so what did, uh, what did, uh, Joshua have to do? It was, uh, they had to bring the ark into the water and allowed the um the the priest to come into the water and allow all the people to pass over and that's how the water parted it was more than just uh one person to do it god led joshua to allow the priest to come into the water to step into the water um with the ark and different things like that and i want to say that it was with the ark i'm trying to make sure it was with the ark because yes um and then the peace then the priest uh, then the priest <laughs> had to stand there and wait for all the people to go through um, the water. But God did the same miracle, but he did it in a different way for Joshua. And so sometimes we have to understand and recognize and realize God can do the same miracle through you. But when sometimes when we try to operate as another person operated, we have to operate according to how God needs us to operate. Because trying to Joshua trying to look like Moses didn't work for him. <laughs> Joshua trying to do what Moses did didn't work for him. Joshua had to do it God's way. The same miracle was performed. Same thing with Elijah and Elisha. If you look at the story of Elijah and Elisha, some of the same stories that Elisha and Elisha shared, it was kind of parallel with each other, but they still had to do it in a different way. They had to do it according to how God needed them to do it. What does that tell me? God can do the same exact miracle in anybody's life, but that doesn't mean that he's going to work it the same way. And so you have to be willing to seek God and really be follow and follow his leading and his guidance and his direction so that the miracles can be performed and produced in your life. Um, and so I believe it's so important for us to understand and recognize that, um, recognize that when I start reading the story of Elijah and Elisha, um, when I start reading that story and I start recognizing that, hey, um, this was one of the things that Elisha did um, with the son. Uh, but the thing about it was it was a different story, the same miracle, but different story, different people um, and a different uh, a different man of God um, that was used in order to bring uh, the boy restore life. In order to restore life, it's so important for us to, uh, it's so important for us to recognize and realize that, you know what, God can perform 
God, God, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He can perform whatever miracle he did in the, the Bible. He can perform it today. Who's willing? Who? Where is the willing heart that's willing to seek him concerning direction? Where is the willing heart that's willing to go through the suffering in order to be able to receive the anointing to be able to do what Elisha and Elijah did? Where is the one that's diligently seeking him? Where is the heart that doesn't mind? Uh, uh, where are those hearts? Where are those hearts that don't mind God being God? Um, and that don't mind glorifying him for the different things that he has done and will do. Um, it's so important for us to recognize and realize he is the same God today, yesterday, and forevermore. He doesn't change. If he was the same God that has been working miracles since the beginning of time, he's the same God that's still working miracles today and will continue to work miracles as the earth um, stands in existence from eternity to eternity. Um, it's so important for us to realize and recognize that there is nothing too hard for God. Is there anything too hard for God? No, there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Nothing too hard for God. You guys, there is just, uh, uh, my, my earrings were just jiggling, jiggling, jiggling. <laughs> I had to take them off. I had to take them off. But there was nothing too hard for God. And so, um, just because you've seen someone do something one way and someone else is doing something new way, um, but they're doing the same thing doesn't make it, um, doesn't mean that they're not doing it God's way. It just means that God is doing it a new way. Can you imagine if Joshua was standing at their banks and people, um, cause they were worried, you know, people were, you know, started complaining and, and was talking about, you know what, well, um, Joshua, this is how Moses did it. You got to do it like this. Try harder, try harder. Can you imagine? They're trying to force him into the same way of doing things. This is how Moses did it. Do exactly like he did it. Put your arms up. Put the staff up. Do this, do that. And getting upset. And, oh, he's not doing it right. He's not doing it right. Come on. Blah, blah, blah. Can you imagine the pressure? And Joshua knew that, you know what, I'm standing here and Lord God, I'm expected to perform the same thing because now you didn't put me over the people that have seen Moses work miracles. You have put me over the people that have seen you work miracles through Moses. They have seen him win wars. They have seen him. You have put me over these people, Lord God, and I need to be able to, uh, I need to be able to do some of the same exact things. Can you imagine the pressure that he had to have been under? Because they were getting ready to go and take the land, you guys. They were getting ready to go and fight the battle. They were getting ready to they were getting ready to go and win this war. They were getting ready to go and get step into the promised land. They were getting ready to go step into the promised land. Can you imagine the pressure that Joshua had to be on? Be like when Moses, you know, they they then the pressure was, you know, Moses had to come and pull them out of Egypt into out from out of bondage and slavery. Well, now Joshua had been tasked with y'all been out of bondage and slavery. Now I need to pull y'all from out of really punishment and judgment because y'all had to wander in the desert for forty years until that old generation died off. And now I gotta pull y'all up out of out of that and what's walking obedience to what God has said. And we're we're headed to promise. We're headed to promise. We're headed to promise. We're headed to promise. And then when you can you imagine him standing at their banks and him trying to do the same exact thing that Moses did because being led by God, he understands that God wants to split this, split this um Jordan in half so that they can walk through, but nothing occurs and nothing happens. Can you imagine him standing there and the people watching him as he tries to perform this miracle and nothing happens? And nothing occurs. And you know what that tells me? That tells me. Sometimes God will lead you to do something and you do what you know to do and it don't work for you. And it's at that moment in your life, whether you can choose to shut down and say, it didn't work for me. 
or say, no, I know I've been led by God. I need to seek him concerning what he needs me to do. Thank God that Joshua decided to do the one that says, I'm going to seek God concerning what I needed to do, what I need to do. To have faith and to trust. There's a reason why he chose Joshua for the task. There's a reason why he chose Joshua for the task. And so we find that uh, when they got through there, we find uh, the Lord giving Joshua further instructions because we know Moses was the, you know, his miracles through him was the plagues, the plagues. Joshua, uh, the Lord told him to have the people to march around the city. You know, it says Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. God told them to march around that city. Each day they have to go and march around that city. I think it was like six days. Was it six or seven days? You guys, I got to go back and get my word. I'm, I'm recalling everything from memory. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Lord God, you want us to do what now? The only thing that had to do was trust. It was a, okay, Lord. If that's what we got to do, then that's what we got to do. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. I'm pretty sure, like, if you were to think about some of the way people think nowadays, they probably would have been like, well, what if they decide to shoot us while we're walking around the building? Well, what if they decide to come out and decide to fight us? Well, what if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? No, just go walk in obedience. God's not going to lead you astray. Well, what if, 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 God has the best plan of action. And he knows he sees the other person's side and he sees the side that he that he's fighting for. He already knew how they were going to respond and react to what Israel was doing. So they just marched around that city and then they would leave. They would come back and march around that city. Then they would leave. They had to wait for the blowing of the horn. And give a loud shout. They had to do it in sync and on one accord. There was no room for doubt. There was no room for this person to to be. There was no room for any of it. There was no room for division. There was no room for confusion. They had a promise to get to. They had a promised land to get to. A promised land flowing with milk and honey. If you go back to the story of Moses, if you go back to the story of Moses, the whole purpose of why they missed the promised land was because the people that went to spy out the city came back with two different results. We find Joshua and Caleb was on board saying we can take the city. But you find the other ones spreading doubt through the crowd who had the loudest voice and they were spread. They were speaking into people's ears that that which was opposite and contrary to what God needed them to do. And they missed the blessing of the land flowing with milk and honey. So I'm pretty sure when Joshua was able to the Joshua generation rose up. They were able to learn from the mistakes of the previous generation. If God said it, we need to do it. 
There was no room for nobody. No, there was no room for no confusion. There was no room for no doubt. There was no room for anybody speaking against anything. We have a promised land to get to. We have milk and honey we need to get to. If God says we can take it, we're going to do what God tells us to do. We're going to do what God tells us to do. And he's going to lead us into victory. Do you trust God to lead you into victory? Do you trust him enough to obey what it is that he's telling you and calling you to do? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. I would say the main ways that I've seen when it comes to people fighting battles and wars is the pursuit of an attack. If you look at the way God won wars for Israel, that wasn't always the thing, the first thing that they did. In this particular case, it was them marching around the city and making a loud noise. Then you find where God, with um, he thundered um, down as a means to fight for them. You want to win something? Seek God concerning it and allow him to give you the plan that's necessary in order for you to win it. That's why the devil tries to block us from trying to seek God. Because he understands and recognizes if they contact God, God is going to give them to plan to succeed. And if they follow through with it in obedience, they're going to win and I'm going to lose. The enemy will do whatever he can to block you from victory. And it takes God's mercy, his love, and his grace in order to help push and see you through. That's why. He calls, that's why, that's why he puts specific people in place as leaders, because he knows what the people are going to need and who they're going to need to follow. That's why he searched for different types of heart. We have to understand God's protocol and his plan for you, for his people's lives. It ain't because being a leader is easy. It ain't because, it ain't because. Oh, I'm just going to put this person in place so they can get shine and glory and all. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's about, I need a person with the heart to get it done. And even though they may feel like giving up some, sometimes I need somebody that has the ability to be able to get through this and help pull my people to the point where they need to be. And I believe that there, there are so many different reasons why. But I'm thinking of considering Joshua. Somebody else that was standing at that bank and when that miracle didn't happen and performed for them, they would have given out. They wouldn't have sought God. They would have frantic. They would have panicked. They would have sought the people for direction. Joshua didn't do that. And God knew that he wouldn't do that. But he knew if he would have put somebody else right there, they would have been seeking the people for help. They would have, they would have done everything except for what they were supposed to do. And they would have stayed there at that bank longer than what they probably would have, uh, would have had to. If you don't follow God's protocol now, what makes you think that if God elevates you, you're going to start following it. Now, nah, baby, you got to start following his protocol now. 
And so, with that being said, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Thank God for just blessing us with various kinds of leadership in different areas and different arenas. I thank him for just the teachers, the ministers, the deacons, the everybody. Every part of the body of Christ is important. I see value and favor in each and every part. I want to go ahead and end this podcast with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We appreciate you for everything that you're doing, everything that you're working out for us on our behalf. You are the great Father. There is none like you in all the earth. We love you. We appreciate you, God. Thank you, Father God, for leading your people into promise. Thank you, Father God, for the, the promises of God are yes and amen. Thank you, Father God, for everything that you're doing, everything that you're working on our behalf. You are the great Father, and there is none like you in all the earth. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that you would just go forward and be blessed. Hello, I'm Lynn Sacy. I encourage you to become part of the movement. The movement of making Jesus bigger. You can find out more about the Making Jesus Bigger movement by following me on social media at Lynn Stacy Studios on Instagram and Facebook. You can purchase the t-shirt Making Jesus Bigger because we have been given victory in Jesus Christ on the website www.lynnstacystudios.wixsite.com backslash media. By becoming part of the Making Jesus Bigger movement, we are choosing to be lights in the world. Be blessed in Jesus' name. And remember to always go forward and be blessed.